0: New memory apparently all right i believe in god the father almighty, in god, father almighty maker of heaven and earth and in jesus christ his only begotten son our lord who was conceived by the holy, spirit, the holy spirit born of the virgin mary the virgin suffered mary. under pontius pilate was crucified dead and buried he descended into death on the third day he rose again he ascended into heaven And sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, from there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, God's holy church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, uh, I hope you guys had a good Christmas. Anybody have a good Christmas, New Year's, all that? Awesome. Yeah, clap it up for Santa. <laughs> all right. Um, hey, I, I actually uh, just drove back yesterday from Florida. I got to spend some time with my family, and it was really fun. Uh, we, we had a good time. We went to Disney and all that good stuff, so my heart is full. Um but while I was home, uh, my parents have a storage unit that's basically just full of my brother and I stuff um, from when we were in high school and middle school. And so I decided I was going to look through some of those boxes, and I found my diary from when I was in the 12th grade. No, I'm sorry, when I was 12, not in the 12th grade. I didn't have one then. But when I was 12 years old going into sixth grade, and uh, in my diary, uh, I had made some New Year's resolutions. The year was 2002. And some of you were um, not here yet, and that's okay. (laughs) But uh, uh, I was making New Year's resolutions, and I had three of them. Uh, One of them was that I wanted to own more Roxy and Hurley clothing. Uh, Yes, I lived right by the beach. I had a puka shell necklace, but um, (laughs) oh, yeah, I was awesome. Uh, Fun fact, though, I am terrified of the ocean, and if I can't see my feet, I'm not going in. Uh, So, admirable goal. Um, I don't know why that was important to me, but I I needed to own more, apparently. Uh, My second goal was that I wanted to be louder and funnier. Uh, I had just moved schools, and I wanted to make more friends, so I uh, convinced myself that I was gonna become louder and funnier that year, and uh, I think it happened, maybe. And uh, my third New Year's resolution um, and y'all be kind, okay, uh, was to not finish last running the mile in PE class. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I took PE in Florida, which is like um, really hot, in case you don't know. Uh, just real hot unnecessarily and humid. And um, I kind of sort of had asthma um, until the Lord healed me. And uh, so I had asthma. So running and the heat were not my thing. Um, and I, th- I'm pretty sure... Um, I have to confess something to y'all. We used to have to run the mile, and we would grab pencils as we ran the mile to keep track of how many laps we had ran. And I would find out what kind of pencils they were and buy them and put them in my shorts and <laughs> just pull out extra so I didn't have to run as long. I feel better confessing that to you. <laughs> so, um, Some of y'all are like, they need to take away your high school diploma because you clearly didn't fulfill your PE requirements. You're just mad you didn't think about it. Okay, so... Uh, while I look at my 12-year-old resolutions and find them uh, pretty funny, uh, you know, I think resolutions aren't the deal, right? Like, I can find some truth. I can find some reason that I wanted those things to happen. But, uh, you know, they, they weren't the big deal. And while it's good to set goals and it's, it's good to want to try new things, we have to make sure that we don't start our new year focused on our failures and all the things we did wrong in the last year. That's not the point of, of New Year's resolutions, and because um, I'm, I'm firmly convinced that God could care less about all the things you didn't cross off your did or didn't cross off your to-do list, and is so much more concerned about who you are and who you're becoming. And I think New Year's resolutions are cool. And I've I've listened to a podcast. I drove ten hours yesterday, so I had a lot of time to learn, and I feel very smart now. Uh, but I was listening to these podcasts, and people talk about New Year's resolutions. And I think it's more than just making a New Year's resolution, but I feel like it's us learning to, to take time to initiate habits and rhythms in our life that help us to act and think and look more like Jesus. And tonight, I want us to go, um, before we go any further, I feel like God wants to prompt us that, that our New Year's resolutions that we as we start this year off, it's not about carrying all of our failures from 2018 and bringing them into 2019, but instead that, that Jesus is always, always offering us this opportunity to give him our failures and to give him our mess-ups and to give him the things we're embarrassed about and start fresh and start new. And sometimes we feel like we're not at a camp or if we don't have the right lights and drums or if we're not in this, this specific moment, God can't do that for us. But I think on a very ordinary Wednesday, for for some of us, God wants to remind us that that we can start fresh and new. And it's so much easier said than done, right? Like, you know, it's like, oh, give God your failures and everything will be fine. But I'd rather learn and stumble to what it looks like to trust God with my mess-ups than than to act like I have it all together and, and have to hold things in to myself. And I know for some of us, we relive our mistakes over and over, right? And, and maybe we don't talk about it to anybody, but inside of our brains and, and, and on our in our thoughts are these things that replay over and over about how we messed up and how we blew it. And if God couldn't really use us like he uses so-and-so because, because I did this. And, and what it boils down to is all of that are, is lies we tell ourselves. And I know that it's true, and I know we replay these things over and over in our mind because it happens to me. Um, you ever do something awkward and then you can't forget about it? So over Christmas break, I was in Vieira, uh, which is like 45 minutes north of where my parents live. And we were at this outdoor mall. And uh, me and my brother were going to Bath & Body Works uh, because they're having their semi-annual sale. And I like to smell good, fun fact. And so we're walking in there, and as we're walking, I see this, this girl starts coming towards me, and I am so excited to see her because it's a, a girl named Madison that I had gone to youth group with my whole life. And I was so excited to see her, and I don't Like, if you know me very well, I'm not really huggy. Like, I really have to try to, like, I know that's people's love language, so I just feel like I have to initiate, and, you know, um, I'd rather just tell you how great I think you are. But anyways, uh, so I'm so excited to see her, and I've been in the South way too long, and I don't know what came over me, but I hugged her. And I've never had a more awkward hug in my life. She, just two arms at the side, is like, hi. Like, so not excited to see me. And I was like, oh, hey, how's your family? She's like, good, whatever, I'm here with my friend, okay, bye. And I was like, that was so awkward, like, we used to be so close, and clearly you're not as excited to see me. Um, So much so that I'm walking, me and my brother keep walking and walking towards the store, and he looks at me, he's like, did you even know her? And I was like, yes, Darren, we used to go to church with her. We were really close. And he's like, I don't think so. And I wish I could tell you I'm super cool and don't, those things don't bother me. But I played that over and over in my brain, like, for the next four or five days. I'm like, Amber, you're so awkward. That was so weird. Why did you do that? It was so awkward, you know. And sometimes we, we do this to ourselves and we keep our mistakes and our failures over and over in our mind. When I was in high school, I did one of the dumbest things I've ever done in my life. I was so over high school, I was a senior, I just didn't want to go anymore. I already got into college, so you know, whatever. And you should stay in school and attend every day. But I was over it. And so one day I woke up and I was like, I am not going to Miss Steinemann's AP English class because I am over Weathering Heights and I don't want to read it. And so I decided that what I would do is I would just pull my car into the garage, shut the door, and then I'd make myself some breakfast because breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. And I decided that I was gonna make some flapjacks. You might call them pancakes, whatever. And so I made some pancakes, and they were really—they are really good. I make good pancakes. Um, and then this is like the most basic tip ever, but if you're gonna stay home from school and not tell your parents, you should probably clean up after you make breakfast. Yeah, no, I didn't do that. So my dad comes home at like four o'clock, and there was pancake batter places, and um, I got in trouble because I was dumb. But. Uh, My family loves to retell that story over and over and over. Like they think it's the funniest thing in the world. You're not laughing because you're my friends. Uh, But they think it's the funniest thing. And every time I'm home, I have to relive that story over and over. And sometimes we replay these things in our minds and it distracts us from the truth because we're so focused on our awkwardness or we're so focused on our mistake that we can't see the truth. And the truth of it is, is I had an awkward moment, but I'm not awkward. I made a mistake, but I'm not a mistake. And so how do we move into this year and move past our failures and our mistakes and, and not get caught up in this, but instead not get caught up in the resolutions and, I'll oh, just do everything better, and instead go, God, here's my failures. God, here's my mistakes, and God, do what you want to do in my life. 'Cause for a lot of us we can come to church and we can come to youth group and we can go through the motions and do all these things, but that only will last for so long. Till God goes, Hey, hey, I wanna like I really wanna be your friend. Hey, I really want you to trust me. So so how do we do this? How do we move past our failures and mistakes? Well I'm so glad you all asked. So if you brought something to take notes with tonight, um, because people who take notes get into heaven first. Um, it's like the fast past of heaven. Um, I want to give you a few points to, uh, a few things to jot down, and point number one is this if you're taking notes. I am not the only person who has ever made a mistake. That's point number one. Actually say that. I am not the only person who has ever made a mistake. I don't know about you, but sometimes, some days that just feels really good to say. Um, in fact, uh, you're not the only person to make a mistake. I'm not the only person to make a mistake. And in the Bible, uh, if you haven't read a lot of it, there's a lot of people who make a lot of mistakes. And one of them is Peter. And we're going to look at his life. And Peter, i uh, got a couple fun facts for you. Uh, Peter was one of the original 12 disciples. So. Uh, God, or Jesus, uh, called him from fishing one day and said, hey, come follow me. He said, okay, sounds good. I got nothing else going on, uh, and decided to follow Jesus. Peter, uh, if you read through the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, you'll read that Peter kind of has these out loud moments uh, where he says dumb things, and he's very outspoken. I identify with Peter a good bit. Um, and another fun fact, uh, Peter's name was originally Simon, and Jesus gives him this cool, fun nickname. He's like, no, no, no. Your name is no longer going to be Simon. You're going to be Peter, which means the rock, and not like the rock that you're all thinking of. um, Not like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. (laughs) He's actually really old. He's from the Bible. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, He he gives Peter this name because he says, hey, you're going to be the rock, and I want to, upon you, I'm going to build my church. And so uh, Peter gets a name change. He's one of Jesus' 12 guys. But Peter was originally a fisherman. And if you're not familiar, uh, fishermen in biblical times like, weren't like the crabbing shows that you watch on Discovery Channel. They were these rough, tough guys, and um, they probably said bad words and weren't dressed very nice. But fishermen were the first century man's man. They had bad tempers, and they were strong because fishing was a very physically demanding job. And they had to be somewhat fearless because the storms that came upon the Sea of Galilee were really fierce. And they would have 20 to 30 foot waves and they would crash in. And uh, Peter obviously deserved his nickname, the rock. But despite his physical appearance, like us, he doesn't get the whole following Jesus thing right. In fact, um, there, he makes quite a few mistakes <laughs> in the gospels, but um, I, look, I want us to look at a couple of them. So if you brought a pen or something, write these down. Uh, mistake number one. Peter bullied children. Not really, but kind of. Um, <laughs> Peter bullied children. Okay? There's this uh, occasion, and I think it's in Mark, and Jesus and the disciples are traveling, and parents are so excited that they want to bring their babies to Jesus. I don't know what they wanted him to do, but that, like that's the exciting thing. So the people are trying to bring their kids to Jesus for him to bless them, and Peter and the other disciples are like, uh-uh, no, no, no. Jesus is too important for your kids. Back it up. And Jesus actually gets really mad about this and uh, tells Peter what's up. And is like, hey, no, no, no. Like, you need to let the kids come to me. Um, I'm not just Jesus for adults but for everybody. And so Peter makes this mistake, and he's probably, you know, very aware that he messed up. But uh, here's another big mistake uh, Peter makes. Mistake number two. Peter tried to stop Jesus from going to the cross. So Jesus has his disciples sitting around one day, and they're talking, and Jesus is telling them what's about to happen. He's like, hey, I'm I'm going to uh, be killed, and I'm going to die, and I'm going to raise again in, in three days. And Peter, being the rock that he is, is like, no, <laughs> no, 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 Jesus. I'm not going to let that happen to you, because me and my boys, like, if they come at you, Jesus, we got this. And if you're not familiar with this story, you can read it in Matthew 16, but Um, Look at what Jesus says to Peter. Yeah, he says, get behind me, Satan. Jesus was not playing around. (laughs) Instead, Jesus severely rebukes Peter. He says, get behind me, Satan. Uh, You are a stumbling block to me. You don't know the mind, the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And Peter kind of blows it here, right? Like, Jesus is talking about going to the cross, dying for all of our sins. This would have affected us. And Peter's like, no, no, no. And Jesus is like, you're, you're being Satan right now, so get behind me. And despite this mistake, um, and Peter definitely kind of blew it, Jesus uh, doesn't reject Peter. If you read on the story, you don't see Jesus, like, choke slam Peter and make him pass out, and he's like, listen, fool. Like, none of that happens, Instead, Jesus still uses Peter, and Peter becomes one of the leaders of the early church, and the reason a lot of us are sitting in this room today. And then mistake number three, probably the biggest and most familiar of Peter's mistakes, is that Peter denied Jesus three separate times. So on the night that Jesus goes to die on the cross, uh, before he is arrested, He says to his disciples, he says, hey, you're like, you guys are going to disown me. You're going to deny me. And Peter's like, these these guys might, but (laughs) Jesus, I'm so spiritual, and I would never do such a thing. And Peter says, no, 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 I I won't do that. And if you're familiar with the story, Peter, uh, you know, he swears oaths and curses, and he says, hey, I, I don't know Jesus. I wasn't with him. I don't know the guy. Never heard of him. And he denies Jesus three times. And needless to say, Peter has made his fair share of mistakes, big and small. And especially this one, uh, after Peter denies Jesus three times, Jesus dies on the cross. Like, they don't get a cool, like, moment where they can be like, bro, that was my bad. Like, I'm really sorry. Um, Jesus dies with Peter knowing that he, he denied him. And I think it's, it's important that we don't just stop with that story there, like, oh, Peter, you're a mess up, or Peter, you blew it. But instead, we, we read the whole story and we look at the whole picture. So if you have your Bible tonight, I'm going to read John 21, 3 through 14. So we pick up in the story, Jesus has died on the cross and the disciples haven't seen him again yet. And so they go back to fishing, right? We said Peter was a fisherman. And look at what Peter says, verse 3. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. I don't know if you've ever been fishing and caught nothing, but it's so aggravating. Verse 4, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. I just want you to know, if I had been fishing all night and not caught anything and you told me to put my net on the other side of the boat, I would roll my eyes at you and turn my back to you and be like, you need a hush. But look at what happens. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. So, so many fish are starting to swim into this net. Verse 7, Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. And as soon as Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped in the water. The other disciples followed in the boat. So Peter is swimming to Jesus, and the other disciples were like, "We're probably not going to get wet." Um, the other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there, with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, "Bring some of the fish you have just caught." So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, "Come and have breakfast." I don't know about you, but I, I've been mad and held a grudge way longer and not wanted to have toaster strudel with a lot of people. And here Jesus is on the worst night of his life. And his friends who, who have been with him, they've been BFF forever, and they deny him. And Jesus, resurrected Jesus, comes and he stands on the shore and he makes breakfast. Which leads me to my last point tonight, if you're taking notes. Is Jesus doesn't push us away when we fail. When you and I make mistakes, Jesus doesn't push us away. He's not like, ugh, gross, you're disgusting, right? Instead, Jesus makes breakfast. Jesus makes a table. He makes a place for us to sit and says, hey, it's okay. The next place Peter sits with Jesus is around the breakfast table. My favorite meal of the day is breakfast, hands down. If you've ever been to Big Brad Breakfast on 280, like, that is what heaven's going to be like. I love breakfast. Uh, But growing up, my breakfast table at home was, like, not this fancy occasion. You showed up with drool still on your face, like, hair all over the place, mismatched pajamas, right? Like, you're not really talking yet. You're, like, more, like, nodding and grunting towards the cereal of your choice, like, there's no manners. You're just like shoveling cereal into your mouth as fast as you can. The breakfast table is not a pretty place. But it's so appropriate to me that this is where Jesus comes to make things right. To come and spend time with Peter and, and see him despite all of his mistakes. He comes and he has breakfast. And as we enter this new year, we have to realize that Jesus does the same for us. Maybe you had a terrible Christmas break. Maybe you did things you you, you aren't proud of. Maybe, you, um, maybe you've been just wondering where you're at with this whole faith thing. Maybe you feel like you've messed up. You're too bad of a person for Jesus to ever want to know you. And I'm here to tell you tonight that the Jesus that had breakfast with Peter is the same Jesus that we talk about, that we sing about, that we preach about, because he doesn't care about what you've done. He just wants to know you. He isn't waiting for you to get it all right. He's not waiting for you to participate more in small group or to do more churchy things. And said, Jesus wants you as you are right now, exactly where you're at. Some of you go through really hard things at home, and for some of you, you don't talk about it with anybody. And Jesus knows your struggle and he knows your pain. And he knows what those things are like because he's been there every moment of it with you. And, and for some of you tonight, I think that God's invitation to you is to realize that that things that have happened aren't your mistake and aren't your fault and you're not the mess up and you're not the failure. He doesn't want to push you away or change. He doesn't push us away. He doesn't change his mind about us when we fail, when we mess up. Instead, Jesus picks us right up and he dusts us off and he gives us breakfast. I love breakfast. And Jesus keeps us around. Jesus wants to be, it sounds so corny, but he wants to be your friend. He really does. Not just this weird guy with the beard on posters, but he really wants to be our friend. And even when we make mistakes, even when we blow it, I've made dumb mistakes, he still doesn't change his mind. Uh, I want to tell you guys a story, and then I want to give you an opportunity to pray. Um, I actually heard this story yesterday. There was a guy, and he was working at a hotel, and the hotel had a pool. How many of y'all love the pool, especially at a hotel? It's just better. Uh, So this guy had just gotten this job at a hotel, and his job was this. It was super simple. The owner of the hotel, or not the owner, the manager said, hey, I want you to fill up the pool, but make sure you don't fall asleep and leave the hose in the pool uh, because it'll flood the whole hotel. And the guy's like, yeah, dude, like super easy, got it. And so uh, the guy gets started doing other things and it's time for him to check out of work and he checks out and he gets a phone call that night, about three in the morning, with this person screaming at him at the other line of the phone. And they're like, what the heck is wrong with you? What did you do? You forgot to turn off the hose and the whole hotel has flooded. And the guy's like, I blew it. Like this is, like I'm done. They're, they're like, I have lost this job. I really wanted it, and I lost it. And so the guy gets to work the next day, and he's typed up his res- resignation letter, and he goes into the uh, owner's office to quit. And he says, hey, I'm so sorry. Here's here's my letter. And the owner of the hotel looks at him, and he goes, you know you've caused $100,000 in damages at this hotel. And the guy's like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm really sorry. I'll, I'll work. I'll do whatever I need to to make it right. But, but I quit. Like, I'll, I'll leave. And the owner of the hotel picks up his paper, rips it in half, and says, I just made a $100,000 investment in you. You're not going anywhere. Jesus paid it all for us on the cross. When we make failures, when we, when we, like, when we mess up, when we do things wrong, he's so bought into you. He's all in. He doesn't change his mind. But instead, he he opens his arms to us. So tonight, I want to I give you an opportunity to pray. I'm going to ask small group leaders if you'll join me up here. and uh, those, Some of you small group leaders how to kind of fill in tonight if you want to come on up. I'm going to ask everybody to just bow their head and close their eyes. I'm just going to ask you two quick questions, and then I'm going to invite you to pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in here tonight, and you'd say, Amber, um, I've, I've been so worried about getting everything right this year, and I feel like I have to have it all together, and I just need to know that that God loves me the way I am. It, it just is so hard to grasp. If that's you with nobody looking around tonight, will you just lift up your hand? I want to make sure we pray for you. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, needing prayer isn't isn't something to be ashamed of. It's our honor. It's Okay. Second question I want to ask tonight is, maybe you're in here and you would say, Amber, I feel like I've messed up so bad, and I feel like I keep messing up, and I can't stop. And I, I and maybe you've done something that you told yourself you were never going to do, and tonight you just need to be reminded that God loves you, that even though you did that thing, even though you made that mistake, that he's, he's still for you and loves you, and, and you don't have to walk around in guilt anymore. For some of you tonight, God wants to set you free that you of the guilt and the and the shame you've been carrying around for so long. Imagine going into twenty nineteen, not carrying that thing around anymore. If that's you I'm not gonna wait till every head bowed and every eyes closed, I want there to be total privacy. If that's you tonight, I just want you to lift your hand. You don't have to lift it high. Yeah. For sure. You can put your hand right back down. Anybody else? Here's what I want you to do. We're gonna stand. We're going to stand up and listen, the altars, the altar is open for everybody. If you didn't raise your hand and wanted to, if you want to pray about something else, if you're like, my penguin's really sick and he needs Jesus, whatever whatever it is, don't rush out of here. Don't miss out because God's here and he wants to meet you. So as I pray, if you lifted your hand, uh, make your way this way. And if not, I'm going to ask you just be quiet and move out of people's way. Jesus, tonight we love you and we thank you. God, we thank you for your forgiveness. God, we thank you that despite our mistakes, you love us. God, that despite our mistakes, you don't push us aside, but instead, God, that you restore us and strengthen us. God, I pray tonight you would speak identity and purpose to our hearts again. God, that we're not too far gone. We're not too messed up. We're not gross. But instead, you love us and you want to make us whole. God, you want to put broken things back together. Because, Jesus, you love us. God, thank you. Thank you for what you did on the cross. God, so we could know you. What an amazing gift. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we love you. Oh, thank you. It's in your name Jesus. we pray. Amen. It's hey, if you raise your hand and...